Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast about liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship and why it is vital in our world today. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I'm here as always with Father Stephen Gauthier, canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America. Good afternoon, Father Stephen. Good afternoon, Alex. Um, we are recording here from the cathedral of our diocese, uh, Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois, on a very chilly and gray uh, winter day. The topic here actually is one that uh, I get a lot of questions about um, as an Anglican minister, um, and it's confession. Okay. Um, and confession in a lot of folks' minds, from my judgment, is one that uh, it's maybe one of the more negative-seeming aspects of the church. It's like it feels so kind of demeaning and debasing to have to go and to some person and tell tell them what 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 you've done. I think I've heard quite a bit about like, well, why do I need to confess my sins to some person? Why wouldn't I just confess to God? I think the the image of uh, of going into the little house with the Catholic priest and confessing one on one through the screen it looms really large. But but where does the the right of confession um, actually come from, and what is it meant to do? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Alex. Well, you yeah. said the last, the last part of that question, I think, was about the origins. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing, when the Lord Jesus comes back on the very night of his resurrection to the apostles, in, the up, in that room where they are, they're, they're in the locked room, it says, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold the, sin, the forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. So Jesus actually says, breathes the Holy Spirit and gives, the church has his powers, and the greatest of those powers is the forgiveness of sin. Jesus could pronounce, remember the man who was let down on the pallet. Yeah, he said, your sins are forgiven. He said, who can for sins, forgive sins but God, is what his critics said. Uh -huh. And that's true. You know, Jesus gives this power to his church, which is his body, to announce that same forgiveness that he announces. That's what forgiveness, that's what a confession is about. Now, originally in the church, remember, we call this a sacramental rite. And we say one of the difference between sacramental rites and sacraments is a sacrament is written in the scriptures, but it's developed over time. How it's been exercised has happened over time. And the best way to look upon it is first there's a real question about is it possible after being baptized to commit a serious sin and to be restored? Mm -hmm. There are two verses in Hebrews and another in uh, Peter's letters that cause people serious concern of whether that was indeed possible or not. And so what for a while, actually stopped people from being baptized until their bathbed sometimes. They didn't want to take any chances. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, yet Emperor Constantine, for example, um, opened the second, uh, the, rather the Council of Nicaea, but he wasn't baptized until his deathbed. Wow. And giving all the political murders he was involved in was probably a wise decision. <laughs> so what, what happened here, what brought it to a head was there were certain what we call notorious public sins. And notorious is not meant to be a judgmental word. It simply was a legal term. It meant everyone knew about them. That's why it'd be a public scandal. You just can't let this go on. Everyone knows something has to be done or people okay. get the idea this is okay. There are three of them. One was murder. And murder um, was much more common in the ancient world than here because they didn't have regular policing powers or often family vendettas and squabbles and things. Mm -hmm. It was just very common, much more common to kill people than is in our time, thank goodness. Another thing would be adultery sadly common in all times. And the third uh, would be apostasy. People in persecutions would deny Jesus. Mm -hmm. And each one of those were a public scandal. 
And so the question is, how do we, can we restore people to the church? And the church said, yes, we can. We believe that all sins, except the sins we don't repent of, can be forgiven. The church has the power to forgive any sin. Jesus has the power to forgive any sin. So what they did is they would have the, the typical rite was, remember we talked about Lent in an earlier broadcast. Lent was preparing people to enter the church. Well, people who had been separated from the church by notorious public sins, again, widely known public sins, could be restored to the church. They would come at the beginning of Lent and enroll themselves and have a period of fasting. And then on Holy Thursday morning, so they could participate with it, they were Christians, they would be restored fully to the church. Mm. The bishop would give his right-handed fellowship uh, like the kiss of peace, and they'd be restored to the faithful so they could celebrate Easter together. This was an actual day on which right. notorious sinners could be restored right. to the fellowship. Wow. That's what they would do. Now, the issue became, uh, one issue became, what about, let's say, not, not so much serious sins that weren't notorious? For example, if someone's an adulterer, but this isn't widely known, to make this widely known would cause scandal to the families and things. It would bring in a lot of collateral damage, we might say, in our time. And so the question became, what about forgiveness? In this case, we don't want to cause harm, which is not already there. That was one concern. And also, um, the Irish monks, like St. Columban and the like, who were very important missionaries uh, in the early church in, in Europe, uh, made the confession of sin on the idea of one-on-one, like confess your sins to one another in James. Uh, they made that a model of, of one of the spiritual disciplines they really encouraged. So at the end of the day, we ended up with a system where people would confess to a priest uh, one-on-one and would receive the for, the absolution pronouncement that their sins were, in fact, forgiven. The church, you know, under the authority of Jesus, mm-hmm. that their sins were forgiven. That's where we ended up with the with the practice. Now, one thing I should emphasize when you talk some of the darker sides of people feel this way, you might say, well, why a priest? Well, one of the emphasis was that um, sin is not just against between me and God, it's also between the church, Christ's body. And so every sin is really letting the church down. If I sin, I'm letting you down, I'm letting the whole church down. And it's, it's, it's a basically a way of, of coming clean. How is it that you're letting me down by your sin if your sin is not directly impacting or affecting me? Well, if we believe we're the body of Christ, whether we see things or not, the whole spiritual health of the church is compromised by sin. Somebody can sitting in the pews and is committing adultery, sexual sin, stealing. Maybe we, the fact that we don't see it doesn't mean the church isn't injured. You know, I'm basically not being the Christian I should be. I'm not, you know, a vehicle of God's grace I should be. Uh-huh. But the Anglican view has been that that makes it very different from Orthodox and, and Roman Catholic view is this is something that all may, some should, none must. We never have a requirement to have a private confession of sin. That's never a requirement in the Anglican church. Mm-hmm. It's simply there. It's available, not a requirement. Okay. But at the same time, in, in our services, we all say a confession of sin together, right? That's right. Um, what's that What's that ritual? Is that a rite? Or is that a sacramental rite as well? Or is... It's different. Um, okay. It's, um, it, it's not the sacramental rite of penance. It's called a general confession. It's simply we pronounce, you know, a priest will announce or, uh, you know, that, you know, that, you know, God's forgiveness of sin. But we're actually formally absolution in an individual confession is simply saying individually these sins which you've confessed are in fact forgiven. So that's the, the difference. So it's, um, you know, the general confession is everyone there, we put our sins before God and we're sure that God forgives sins when we truly repent. That's true. But in sacramental confession, we're saying, look, these, this specific sin, I'm bringing these sins before you, and God's saying these sins, you know, are in fact forgiven. Actually, it's all your sins, but these sins specifically yeah. 
are forgiven. The church has the power to forgive them, and they are forgiven. That's a powerful uh, word of hope to people who are burdened by sin. Yeah. And the, 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 the text of the confession is really beautiful as well. It's always been one of my favorite things in the service. It's um, confess that we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Mm-hmm. We've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly repent um, for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To That's, the glory of your name. To right? the glory of your name. Amen. Yeah. Um, I, I've, for the record, I'm not pronouncing absolution here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll do that later. Uh, but the, you know, the, for me, the, the, the corporate confession together is, is also a, a really powerful part it's of the service powerful. for me. Yeah. Um, and, and for the congregation as well, it's almost just, it's an opportunity to a really specific time set aside an opportunity to bring your sins before the, before the Lord. But you think it's really different though, from what we're talking about here with the, you know, the sacramental rite of confession sure. This is applying it specifically, you know, for my sins, I bring them before and get a personal, you know, um, yeah, assurance so, that those sins have been forgiven. So actually, let me ask you, you know, we say all may, some should, none must, uh, in what, in, in your opinion, you know, as a priest, uh, in what cases should some should do, uh, do that. Do you, do you have any, any kind of thought on the matter? Like what, when is it, when does it become really beneficial or, or when do you think it's a good idea? Well, some people find confession regularly just to be a good spiritual discipline, but I would think there are certain sins that people find it very hard to, to let behind. They just have this feeling, you know, it still keeps trailing with them. And I think it's a way to really put paid on this, to really bring it out there. I think the very fact that it is hard to say this to someone else actually helps put paid on it, but then have the assurance of the church that it is in fact forgiven. Okay. So more of an, for, so in, for, it, it's mostly for someone's real individual, their walk, um, and, and right. their struggle. It's, it's encouragement struggle. for that. Um, so it's not really supposed to make you feel more bad about what you've well, done. Quite the, but, quite the opposite. Yeah. Although actually I would say something, uh, hearing confessions, is I think one of the benefits we could have would be that I think sometimes we've lost a sense of sin. For example, when people are confessing, I've had occasion to say, I haven't heard any sins yet. Uh, you know, we hmm. talk about, gee, I wish, it's sort of almost like these are goals of where I want to be, but I think we all really do commit sins. And I think that might tell us something that we can't even find something. We've said that, what have you done that's actually wrong? Yeah. Not goals, not, a, you know, what have you done? Not that I could be more charitable. I think, well, if you could be, why do you think you're not sure? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think there's a real valuable about naming our sins. You know, the Psalms talk about before I named my sin, about naming our sins, of confessing our sins. I think there's a real value to that. So it can kind of pull away some of our layers of illusion of, you know, oh, we're just kind of not the people we'd prefer to be, but that the individual, yeah. the discipline of confession can kind of help us grind down to really know what have you done that's wrong and, and I think that's that a surprise. Yeah. I think people uh, really are surprised in a very therapeutic age to have to say, what did I actually do that was wrong to really own up to it? I think that's harder than you would, um, than, than you would think. Yeah. Also, another reason confession can be helpful is sometimes people make the distinction some theologians have between what they call attrition and contrition. And we all know this instinctively. 
uh, from experience. Have you ever had someone apologize to you and you have the feeling, I don't really think they care that they hurt my feelings. I think they don't, they don't want to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, it's not really about me at all. Uh-huh. You know, they, you know, it's, uh, you know, so I'm sorry, I, you know, I broke your elbow, uh, you know, deliberately, you know, something goes, you know, I just feel bad and I feel like a bad guy. It's not that yeah. you broke your elbow. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry if I offended you or something like that. Or, you right, know. but they, it's clearly what the motivation isn't. The, how could I have done this to Alex? The idea is, and pure contrition would mean that. Pure contrition would mean that we look at God and say, how could I do this to you? Mm-hmm. That's what true contrition is. But very often, what our, our, our feelings are really is we're sorry for the, really because of the results of sin and more the fact that we hurt God. Mm-hmm. We feel bad about ourselves. We see the, 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 the results of our sins. And I think sometimes knowing that we're not really fully there, that, you know, yes, I'm sorry about God, but a lot of this is just, I'm sorry that I got caught. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And that it reminds us that God does the heavy lifting. And the sacrament of are saying, yes, it, it's not perfect. But the fact is, that's all we need. We give God what we have. Even saying, if it's just feeling bad about the situation that you got yourself into. We bring it before God and saying, I, you know... Um, and, you know, the attrition saying, I, I want to feel more. I know I hurt you this way. I know, but I know a lot of it is my motivation. They're mixed motivations. I wish they weren't mixed motivations. I wish it was just about you. And to have the assurance that, no, it's, um, we give God what we have, and he always does the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you found penance to be a penance or confession to, to be a, a valuable um, practice for, for people that you've known as it helps them restore themselves, uh, or has it, has it been, have you seen it kind of transform people, I guess, or, or yes, I think some people that? really find uh, confession very helpful for some people. It's a very, very helpful. I see lives have really changed. I've seen people who really were stuck in a place with sin, mm-hmm. could not believe that God could forgive them, who found a place where they could believe God, that God forgave them. Yeah. Um, do you have, you know, you talked about, um, lay confession um, of how just regular parishioners in the church can hear other people's confessions in the church. Um, do you have any, uh, any advice for people hearing, hearing confessions of how you, you know, how do you receive a, a confession and, and really um, um, it, with, with integrity um, receive that and pronounce God's and, and help pronounce God's forgiveness? Again, it's different for a sacramental absolution that a priest and, and a lay confession are not the same thing. Okay. I guess the thing I would be concerned about, you know, the thing to watch out for, I think, in, in, in confession, if you're not experienced, is we don't want to throw holy water on sin. You see, sometimes what we have here is sometimes people, one of the things we have to come is, remember Zacchaeus, a classic example of what real repentance looks like. He says, if I have defrauded anyone, I'm giving back, etc." is we have to make very sure that you know, part of, of 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 coming to God is to make things right, mm-hmm. and to make sure that we have that you're the fact that we're not saying let's just do over from this day forward. If we've done harm and things, we need now God's forgiveness is immediate, but part of that has to be a real uh, uh, amendment of life. We have to really be concerned about undoing the wrong we've done when that's possible mm-hmm. to do, and really changing around. Uh, you know, you know, we have to make at least some attempt. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean sometimes people make the mistake of thinking, saying, look, I know this is habitual sin. It'll probably happen again. That's not what I'm talking about. At least uh-huh. we're going to try. There has to be an idea that we're going to try. And again, if we've done something wrong, to make sure that we need to we need to fix it. Yeah, that there's some kind of restitution involved if, in, with unjust and gain. Not a sense or... of, yeah, not a, not a sense of guilt. It's just a matter of justice. Sure.
Well, thanks, Father Stephen. Um, and thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back next week um, for more on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening. <laughs>